0: Welcome to Going Out Your Door, the podcast to get you out your door and on the road. My name is Marjorie Frymouth, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. Here in Colorado, the past few days have finally started to feel, I don't even know if I want to say like spring because it's still early to mid-February, but we've had some unseasonably warm and sunny afternoons. So that has been delightful. That has done a great deal to help alleviate the little bit of cabin fever and winter claustrophobic blues. That's not the right word, but you know, um, just getting stuck not being able to get out and see things. And I love this town, don't get me wrong, I still love this town, but I've just been feeling a little bit uh, antsy to get on the road. So the lovely weather has been nice, and I've started to take myself on little day trips, which is so funny for me because I'm used to little vacations being to other countries. And so it's funny to feel so happy and so proud that I took myself like To the next town over and had lunch or something like that. But travel in America is daunting. You have to be able to drive. And I've said this, I've told this story so many times that I'm kind of scared to drive now. It's been so long. So I'm gradually pushing the boundaries. I mean, even if you want to take the train or fly somewhere or take a bus, the town that I live in is so small that you have to drive several hours to get to any of those places where you could get on the bus or the train or the airplane. So Driving is essential. I'm slowly building up my skills and doing lots of little fun day road trips, so hopefully I can be back on the road fairly soon with those skills, but today we are talking all about staying safe when you are traveling. Obviously, I'm a big proponent of that, but I also don't think that traveling is inherently more dangerous than anywhere else you might be in your life, in your home country, or wherever. I think travel can sometimes get a bit of a bad rap, especially for younger people traveling or women traveling by themselves. Uh, For more information on this, check out the previous episode on solo female travel, women, women traveling by themselves, and why it's awesome for more about how to have a good experience and stay safe if you're in that situation. But in general, I don't think traveling is inherently dangerous. A lot of the things that you would naturally do anywhere to stay safe are equally as applicable and important to keep you safe when you're traveling. You know, make sure you know where you are, (laughs) have the emergency phone numbers, have your own phone number, know how to get back to your hotel or your hostel, like know where you are within the city, just keep that awareness. Stay responsible if you're going out to clubs or partying or drinking or things like that. Just all the usual safety tips to keep yourself safe. Maybe don't wear super flashy jewelry or expensive things if you're out in a new city. Research the places that you're going so you know their general customs and and situation beforehand so you can maybe blend in a little bit more with the locals and not stand out like any kind of target, which sounds horrible to say, but these are just all the normal normal safety tips that we're all kind of used to, especially, I mean, not if you live in a really small town, but if you've lived in a city, you're used to all of these things. But in rare instances, situations can change rapidly. Again, they can change rapidly in any place that you are. But if you're in a foreign country, if you're traveling or if you're living in a new place, this can be especially dangerous because maybe you don't know how to deal with the situation or you need to get back to your home country and you need to figure out how to make that happen. So these could be like social, political unrest, dangerous events like that, or natural disasters. I mean, my mind immediately jumps to earthquakes after living in Taiwan. I definitely, geez, that last year I was there, we had so many earthquakes. The first year I lived in Taiwan, I felt maybe one or two and they were super small in the entire year. The last year I was there, we were having them every few weeks and they were getting bigger. Like there were several five point whatever, there was like a 6.1. So I was getting very nervous about the increasing frequency and intensity of these earthquakes. So different countries have different natural risks and the potential for those kinds of natural disasters. So you want to be aware of that. Things can happen anywhere though, going back to like the social or political or civil unrest, things like that. So how can you keep yourself safe in those kind of situations? Obviously, there's lots of steps you can take. We are going to talk about the STEP program run by the US State Department. I tried to find if other countries have similar programs and I couldn't verify that, but I would suspect that many of them do with whatever your equivalent of the State Department is in your government so in america we have the state department the state department runs the step program which stands for smart traveler enrollment program we love an acronym essentially what it is is a platform where you register your information about where you're traveling and then they know where you are (laughs) which i don't mean that in a creepy way i don't mean like the government knows where you are i mean they do but it's not creepy it's to protect you So I'm gonna walk you through the sign-in, the registering process in a second. It's totally simple, only takes a few minutes. But essentially, what this whole thing is, this STEP program, you tell them where you are traveling and when, And then you get notifications. They might be emails. Maybe they can do push notifications. I'm actually not sure about that. I used to get emails when I I registered. So you get these notifications about any kind of security or threat update that is specific to where you are traveling. And it's not as grim as it sounds. I mean, it, it could be, depending on the situation. There might be something really bad. But they might just alert you if there's like a planned, scheduled protest in a certain city or like upcoming elections might have the potential for some unrest or some danger. So just just things like that, things that you might not be aware of as a foreigner in that country that are going on that maybe, you know, maybe you take a different route to work. If there's like a protest going on on the street, you usually walk down just to keep yourself a little bit safer. This is especially useful and especially important during these pandemic times with all of the changing regulations around like borders and travel requirements and testing and vaccines and all of that stuff, you will get updates about the requirements for the country that you are in or the country that you are trying to go to. So that is really, really useful right now. Most importantly, this is what it's truly for at its essence. Your government, the U.S. government, can contact you in the event of an emergency in the country where you are in. Of course, at its most extreme, this would mean like they could evacuate you if you were in a situation where the government was pulling all of the Americans out of an area for whatever reason, they would know where you are. I mean, like I said, I when, I when I went to a real dark place in my mind about the earthquakes in Taiwan, I definitely thought about this. Like, what if there's a huge disaster? They would know where to find me generally. They would at least know that I was in Taipei, um, which is a huge leg up over not even knowing that you as a citizen are somewhere. And not to get too much into politics, but in Taiwan, we definitely thought about the situation with China a lot. I mean, You know, in the past year, China had started flying planes over, or not over Taiwan, but into Taiwan's airspace and increasing frequency and threats and bravado and all that stuff. And so my friends and I definitely had conversations about like, what do we do if this shit goes down? Which, I don't know, I go back and forth on whether I think that would actually happen. But it's definitely something you consider when you're in that situation. And it was always nice to know that like... The, the embassy, the consulate had our back, because I've kept saying the government, the US government, which it is, but in a practical sense, you are letting the closest embassy or consulate know. So the embassy is like your government's representation in another country. It's actually your country's soil on the embassy grounds is your, your country essentially. And then if you are in a bigger country, there will probably be consulates as well, which are like branches of the embassy. So they are the ones who in a practical sense help you with anything that you need that relates to your nationality or your home country. Again, in this case, speaking from an American perspective with the STEP program, but every country has, well, let's not get into that. Most countries have consulates and embassies around the world. So they can help you in like that emergency crisis situation, but it also helps with a lot of other things too, registering in this STEP program. If you lose your passport, if your passport is stolen while you are traveling They already have that extra little bit of information that will help you get a replacement that much faster if you have enrolled in STEP. You can also receive urgent info from home, like it goes both ways. They can help you with things happening in the country you are currently traveling in, but if something happens back in America and your family is desperately trying to contact you, you having registered with the STEP program can help in that direction as well. It can help the embassy or consulate find you to get you this information from home. So basically, just in general, it puts you in touch with the US consulate in that country, all of their services, you know, regarding, like I've said, safety and security, but also doctors, medicine. If you need an emergency procedure, they can help with that. Finding translators or attorneys if you get into trouble notarizing documents helping with absentee voting from your home country registering births like if you have a child in this other country you're going to need to contact the u.s embassy about that and all of this is made easier if you have already registered with the step program and so obviously it's good to register any trip that you're going on but like a weekend jaunt across a really low-key border like the u.s and canada or something is not going to be as critical to register As if you're going to a place with, like, the political unrest or a major event that might be prone to violence, like the World Cup or the Olympics or something going on, you'd want to let them know that you are there, like, just in case, hopefully nothing happens, but those big events are a little more risky than when they're not happening, Um, or if you're going to be off the grid for a really long time. If you're going to be in an area with limited cell service or internet connectivity, and you're going to be there for several weeks or months, that would also be a really, really good time to register with the STEP program. So how do you do this? Like I said, it is incredibly easy. It's also pretty self-explanatory, but I'm still going to walk you through it. The website is step.state.gov. That is S-T-E-P And all of these links will be in the show notes and blog post for this episode as well. There's sort of two parts to it. First, you just have to create your account with the STEP program. So that's entering your basic personal info, your name, birthday, passport info, your contact information, your emergency contacts in the States because they need to have people they can contact back home on your behalf. And once you've done all that, that account... Um, stays with them. It's, It's permanent. You can log in whenever you want, but then you can get in and out and register individual trips or times that you might be living in another country. So that's the part that you need to keep up to date. You can continually change. You sign in and you tell them where you are going and the dates that you will be there. After you register a new trip, they will actually show you the State Department page for that country that has any current travel alerts or info or things to watch out for or major events happening, things like that. And in certain situations, they might also show you how to contact the State Department from the country that you will be in. So, for example if you register that you're going to China, they prompt you to follow the US State Department on WeChat, which is the primary social media and texting app in China. Honestly, WeChat is used for absolutely everything. It's used for texting and social media, but also paying for things, signing up for things, registering, like just all everything that you do in Chinese society basically happens on WeChat. And Social media like Facebook and other things are banned in China. Of course, you can use like VPNs and all that. But in general, it's very hard to access the rest of the world's internet when you're in China. So that's a great way to keep in touch with the State Department through this local platform that you will always be able to access. And so this whole process, even setting up the account, registering registering your trips really only takes a couple minutes. It's super, super easy. A lot of people might have privacy concerns, I mean like (laughs) in the US we have some issues with the government having our information and not trusting it so much. So yes, you are submitting your personal information, including your passport information, but this is one of those situations where they already have this. They already know your passport information. And anytime you're traveling, your passport is registered as being used. So, whether that's with the government or the law enforcement of the country you are entering or exiting, or with multicultural organizations, <laughs> multicultural <laughs> international organizations like Interpol or something like that, anytime you get your passport stamped, sometimes you have to get your fingerprints scanned and they take pictures as well all of that is in the system. So really if you're traveling, they're already tracking you, I'm using they in like the collective sense. So entering your information to the STEP program doesn't give them anything they don't already have, it just gives them a way to contact you in an emergency which is a good thing. I really wanted to find some real life stories of the, of this being used, and I did find a couple. The site The Points Guy, which is a major travel resource in the industry, was talking about the STEP program, and he said that when he studied abroad in Paris during college, they actually were required to register, which I think is normal for a lot of like study abroad and travel programs. They, they make you register in order to go on these programs. So he studied abroad. They had to register. And unfortunately, this was in 2015 when the Paris terrorist attacks took place. And so this was actually an example of the STEP program in action. He says that before the official number of casualties had been announced, his university was able to work with the U.S. Embassy and confirm in mere hours that every member of our program was safe. So it just gives them that speed, that accuracy, that firsthand information into being able to find you and know where you are in the event of an emergency. The site thewandererscompass.com also talked a bit about the STEP program and had several stories of this being used in real life. These are not connected to any names or sites or blogs or anything like that, so I'm not 100% sure they're true, but again, they're, they're just stories. If they're not true, no harm, no foul, and if they are, these are great examples. And these are also examples of how it can be used in different ways, not just emergency situations. This first one says, on a trip to Iceland, which is a very peaceful and safe country, there was a work stoppage to protest conditions for workers in the service industry. This was a scheduled protest, a scheduled strike. And so this really affected hotels. And this traveler was able to verify that the hotel had a plan for this strike and knew what they were going to do. They had backup barebone staff, but they were able to stay open and do their best. And that was something that the STEP program was able to alert this traveler, these travelers about beforehand. So they were able to take precautions and just make sure that everything was going to go smoothly. So again, that's not a super critical situation, but just an example of how it helps with other things as well. The second one is about Spain. And I used to get these notifications all the time when I was living in Spain because there's a little bit, well, No, that's not fair. More than a little bit. (laughs) It doesn't affect the average person, I guess that's what I mean. There's friction between the Catalan region of Spain and the rest of Spain. And so there are frequent protests and demonstrations related to that. And so I would often get notifications that, hey, there's this planned protest in this area. And so I would just know to avoid that area. So this story is about that kind of situation in Spain. There's another one about being in the Caribbean when a huge hurricane was approaching. The STEP program sent updates on evacuation plans, where to go for safety, and resources and services that were available for people there. After the storm had passed, they were given assistance on how to get off the island because the island was devastated, and the STEP program was able to help them get back to safety. There's another one about receiving an email of demonstrations in Paris that were likely to get violent. It provided the information, and so these, these travelers just avoided that area and stayed safe. The last one is about transportation strikes, which are pretty common in Europe, and so that's something that a traveler would want to be aware of because it could make getting to an airport or getting anywhere around the city really problematic. This advance warning from the STEP program can just make that sort of thing easier and smoother. So again, no super dramatic examples of this being used for evacuation, but it can help in all these different kinds of situations. And really, it's something that hopefully you will never need, but it's so simple and it's so easy and it's free and all of that, so there's really no reason not to do it. If you are planning a trip, I highly recommend registering with the STEP program. No, not sponsored. I'm just a fan of anything that's super easy and free and all of that that helps keep you safe. And it makes my mom feel better when I register, so I do it. If you have ever used the STEP program, let me know. I would love to hear how it helped you out. You can send that to goingoutyourdoortravel at gmail.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at goingoutyourdoor. We will be back next week with more travel tips and tricks and stories and all the inside scoop on going out your door.